gentlemen, it's wonderful to have you for episode five of Box, Box, Box. I know it's been a little while, so we're going to do a little debriefing, little uh, chat about the weekend coming up, which is very, very exciting. The first sprint race and at Silverstone, one of the best races of the calendar year. No bias here, obviously. But um, no, the drive, the drivers love it. I think there's three tracks that will never leave Formula One, Silverstone, Monza, and Monaco. And I, I very much look forward to it. And I think without further ado, let's get straight into some hot takes uh, about this upcoming weekend. Karun, you look ready with, with some hot takes. Um, I don't know if I want to really go down my Botas path. <laughs> uh, I don't think George Russell, George Russell being announced for next year is that hot of a take right now, based on what social media is saying. That but, post uh, I was think, was just so uh, sneaky. so unnecessary. George cleaning the murk and what was the caption? Yeah. Take care of the things you love. Yeah, he it's gotta be now. Games. The odds, yeah, it's gotta be shot through but, the roof. Plus fifty. I, I want to say, I want to say, Botas uh, gets second. Because he's not going to beat Lewis, but he gets second. Okay. And, he, and then, okay. you know, just, and then he does really well for the rest of the season. Well, he's just mad. well, since it's a new format, why don't we do a hot take for Friday qualifying, a hot take for the sprint race, and a hot take for the race race on Sunday? Wow. So you've wow. done your Sunday hot, rate, hot take that Bottas comes in second. Let's hear it for Friday right. qualifying. Um, I'm gonna go backwards. I'm gonna say I'm gonna do the sprint race next. I'm gonna say either Lewis or Max don't finish top three in the sprint race because if I understand correctly, the tire strat you have a limited set of tires for the entire weekend. Right? I, well, I think there's more. Like there's there more are tires. more okay. sets. Yeah. Also, Friday qualifying, you have like you you are actually it's mandatory you are on softs the whole time. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Is that part of the um, tire allocation? It it probably is. I honestly don't know too much about the tire allocation, but I know that Friday quality Q one two three are all in the softs, and it's not like your starting tire is any dictated by anything within quality. Also, the sprint race is no like mandatory pit stops. So, so you're saying oh. that neither Lewis or Max, one of the two, will start in the top three one of the for Sunday's race. One of the two won't be in the top three. Um, and and then I can't wait to just eat my words in a week. Um, <laughs> and then for Friday, I say Gasly qualifies top three. Go on, lad. Love that. Love that. Because I love Pierre. Big Pierre fans. The <laughs> big Pierre guy. Uh, my sister asked me to, to buy her a Charles Leclerc hat today. Hey, let's I, go. I'm like I'm like that's our guy. The big one six, <laughs> the prettiest we, guy on the, that's who on the track. <laughs> yes, after Pierre Gasly. <laughs> Shion, why don't you go Saturday first, then Friday, followed by Sunday? Sa- oh, oh, yo, 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 okay. I'll start <laughs> with Saturday. We can do that. I lost track of the rest. Saturday. <laughs> My hot take for Saturday is that Alonso is going to do extremely well. How All well? Right. I'm not sure. Podium places, maybe. Uh, but I'd say top five, top six, um, seeing as that his car doesn't have the greatest qualifying pace, but his race pace is incredible. 
Um, and just seeing from Austria, the, his, his charge through the field after his, his botched qualifying lap on Friday, I uh, just was starting to see this fire inside Alonso. And I'm really hoping that he, uh, he can deliver a little bit, bring back some of that old championship winning Alonso on, Friday, on Saturday. Love that. Um, doesn't, doesn't that mean that Alonso does have a good qualifying car? Because they were saying if it wasn't botched because of Vettel, they were saying P5. What they were saying is his race would have been P5, I think, right? Like he would have finished P5 in the race if he had. I think the engineers were even as confident as as P3. As P5, just a raw. No, no, no. no, no. He was he was gonna he was gonna drop it in P3 and then fall back to P5 in the race. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. That's what they were saying. So I I love that. Well, I don't know. Then then that's kind of that's that's tough for his Saturday race because then you know he'll start if he does qualify, we'll start towards the back and then he'll have to fight through. But you know he's been showing some really good. Uh, mm-hmm. race pace and really good passing potential so so that's my uh that's my saturday take what was next what do you want friday next or, or sunday next Rouge? your choice you my go choice. for it all right let's see uh let's go with sunday sunday i'm thinking and this is just this is just the emotional side of me all right daniel ricardo a top five finish all uh, right i just want it i desire it i see the mclaren has this incredible pace Ah, it's just everything inside me wants to see Danny Rick have something seeing that Australia was taken away from him. That's got to be a pretty big hit, you know? So we'll, uh, we'll go with the emotional. I love it. Exactly. The emotional set or Sunday, Sunday take. Can't argue and with that. And then Friday, dude. Uh, Friday's hot take. Let's see. Friday's hot take. Antonio in the top 10. Antonio into Q3 is what I'm thinking. Man had great Italian pace. Jesus. Yes, the Italian Jesus. Man I had think some he's great underrated. Pace. He's overrated, or underrated? I think he's underrated. Under, under. Yeah, absolutely. I was re-watching some of his highlights from Austria. I mean, not much to see, but like, <laughs> man's. I, th- I think man's All got a lot of, of potential. <laughs> man's man's doing pretty well. His uh, his qualifying was super super great, and I think Alpha's strategy actually for his qualifying on Friday was uh, was was kind of smart. Was smarter than I expected from that team. So. Uh, yeah, that's my that's my Friday take. What about you, Rushi? All right, I'll I'll start with a Friday, and I'm gonna take one right out of uh, the Gus hat here. I'm gonna say that Daniel Ricardo qualifies and qualifies in P13 on the Friday, improves up to P9 in this P9 in the sprint race, and finishes the Sunday race in P6. Just constant improvement. Just constant improvement. I love that. Qualifying is where he's lacking pace. So he gets two races to improve here. So I I think it's going to be a strong Daniel Ricciardo weekend. Um, Yeah, I love that. My He has the time to get... Go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying that he needs time to get familiar with the car and the track. And him having that much lap time, that much track time, I agree. It's going to be good. It's definitely, it's definitely a huge benefit for him uh, to continue to learn that car. The, the Sunday hot take is going to be Esteban Ocon, P7. He's going to find back that form because the pace is in the Alpine. He has just lost form, and we're seeing it with Fernando Alonso. So I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw the boy Ocon a little hype here. Is he going to outperform Alonso? Or are yeah. the Alpines just, are we an Alpine podcast now? I, I think, boiling I hot think take, first, man. first of all, I think we're big Alpine <laughs> boys these days. 
I'm actually considering buying an LP kit when I go. <laughs> um, and I'll send you guys some in the mail as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm also gonna add to that. I'm gonna compound it with Akon also outperforms Alonzo this week. All right. He's right. earned his contract. Lava coming out here. And a Saturday, I'm gonna say that Lando is going to split the Mercs by the end of the sprint race. So it's going to be Max Lewis, Lando, Valtteri. Okay. But I think, I think Max is going to take pole on Friday. I think Lewis is going to win Sunday's race. I mean, in, in order we'll for him this to have his package. 100th win... At Silverstone, he he needs to he needs to win his Sunday race, right? I there's a lot. Of, there's also oh. there's more points on on grab today. Um, I mean, yeah. Oh, I, what? It would be ninety nine. I thought, right? Or am I miscounting? Let me double check. He has a yeah, one right. minute. He'd be ninety nine. I think the dream has died. He wins the he wins the sprint and and the Sunday race. Oh. That that, be eight. That, eight. I, I guess yeah. I'll, I'll give it to him. Still on the table. Still on the table. I mean, what do you guys think about Max versus Lewis? I, you know, I hate to go down this rabbit hole, and I feel like we've discussed it at length. But you know, journalism likes like loves to kill the championship early. They're saying Max has run away with it. Lewis is playing the card of like the underdog. Oh, he has the stronger car. Yeah, he does. You're a seven-time world time champ, boy. Um. What do you guys think? <laughs> also, upgrades for Mercedes is that. Yeah. What, what do you think Mercedes is going to find the pace to pull it off this weekend? It's it's the track to do it. I would think. Um, I don't really know if Red Bull is like designed to perform well on a track like Silverstone. Um, but I also saw that there was like some irregularities, or people were questioning Red Bull's new engine for some reason. I haven't read into it, but it seems like. They might get FIA'd. Oh, they might get happened. Ferrari'd. Uh, actually, it's Aston Martin. Oh, okay. <laughs> you mean racing pointed? <laughs> Here, let's let's look at it. Um, my take on it while Karun's looking that up is, uh, I think Mercedes has had some time to go through and kind of work on their car, having like the back-to-back-to-back race structure the past three races. Uh, it was definitely tough, you know, moving around and not having too much time to develop the car between each race. I think it's also given Lewis some time. It's kind of taken the momentum away from Max a little bit, maybe. Um, I'm just kind of here. I'm talking from uh, a Lewis supporter's shoes now. I'm really looking for Lewis to kind of bring it back a little bit. I'm not super about the Max running away with the championship. So, uh, so yeah, I'm holding out hope. I think that I think that Lewis has time to get, you know, has had time to compose a little bit. Mercedes has had time to to bring some upgrades to the car, and, and you know they're a seven time championship winning team. They they know what's up. They know how to uh, to get that pace out of the car, especially at their home track. Um, so we'll see something good from from Mercedes this week. I think Lewis is going to give a a much more competitive battle. I think we come from a standpoint of pro tight championship battle, and we'd love to see you know if Max wins here. And has won in Austria and the street circuits. I mean, nearly won Baku. Obviously, the tire was an issue. Then that proves that that Red Bull can win everywhere and is elite. And Max will probably go on to just run away with it. So, at the same time, 
has Mercedes really developed the car that much with the whole cost cap situation and putting resources into 2022? Are we going to see that much of an upgrade on that car? You know, I know that Lewis had issues in Austria running over the curb and was losing like half a point of downforce or whatever, um, costing him like a second per lap, something like that. Uh, yet Max ran away with it, you know, by like 40 seconds. Are, are Mercedes going to really have found that much performance in that car for this week? I don't know, man. They're, uh, I think Mercedes is really trying to get Rush 2 filmed and, and have the last race of the season be the deciding race. So, uh, yeah, I think so. That was too legendary. I would, that, would be, <laughs> that would be kind of a beautiful story. But that's what we need. I mean, you know, we just haven't had this. And we would love to see more wheel-to-wheel racing between the two. Um, both look extremely calm. Lewis has had his weekend out with James Harden and little baby in Paris. They, you know, he's, <laughs> he's bonded with the boys. Now let's see him drive that car super fast. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I also think that like the Mercedes had form at like the beginning of the season. Right. So like, it's just, they've been kind of a rut. Like there's been some bad luck. Um, like Baku, the first corner, Austria running over the curb, like, right, like, I do think that if these upgrades are even remotely helpful, Hamilton will find a way to use that and, like, bring it back into contention with the Red Bull. Because it's also, like, I think the Austria 40 seconds thing was kind of an anomaly, you know? Like, Max just got out ahead, and there was so much battling between Lando and the Mercs initially that... It, it just it made it hard for Botas to get kind of like that edge in, and once Hamilton's car got damaged, like what are you gonna do about that? Right. I think that's the the sticking point there, right? Is like him going over the curbs and damaging the car, which actually seemed to take a lot of pace out of him, took yeah. him kind of out of the con- the contention there. And, and also, right, like like Botas could if they had just unleashed Botas a bit earlier. I think I wrote this down, which was like. I think like even four or five laps before they let Botas pass, I was like, why are they just not letting Botas through? Like, like at this point, like uh, Lewis isn't going to do it, especially if the engineers are saying that his car is damaged and you can see him losing time on the track compared to Botas. I think there were a lot of factors that, right. They were thinking about the driver's championship because Lewis obviously needs the maximum points he can get, but then they had to override that when they were seeing how much performance he was losing to think about the constructors and get that P2 guaranteed. Because if they didn't invert them, then Lando would have overtaken them both because Bottas would yeah. have not been able to go anywhere. And Lando would yeah. have overtaken Bottas and then overtaken Hamilton. Like that was a guarantee. So I think they were just doing some quick maths, but I think they could have done it a lap earlier, a lap or two earlier. Yeah. How do you feel I, about I think, like. I think overall, like Bottas had a good race. Go ahead. How do you feel about the know, instruction you know. going to. Uh, you hear something through? Yeah, I feel like there's a little birdie. Little birdie. Um, I don't know. How do you guys feel about like the the team telling the two racers to not compete, where the the, the clear benefit goes towards Lewis Hamilton in the drivers' championship points rather than constructors' championship points? I kind of felt a little bit odd about Mercedes. Yeah, if it was the case that they were kind of looking out for Lewis's championship points, um, sending down that team order, which you know kind of hurts the the constructors championship a little bit and doesn't really promote like Valtteri's own race. Yes. So I think it's hilarious because as soon as Botas was given the order that he could pass, 
Lewis actually like kind of raced him a little bit. Like he was, he like picked up the pace because he didn't want to make it easy for Lando to overtake him, which makes sense. But it's not like he like, you know, like he just left Botas through or something like that, which I thought was hilarious. I don't well, know if it would happen twofold. the other way around. I think he wanted to ensure he got the DRS off him. Yeah. So he didn't want to, he didn't want to like mess up and go a second behind the detection zone. So he wanted the DRS. I, I didn't. I didn't see it as, as. I mean, do you think it was like when they told Valtteri to let Lewis buy a couple of races ago, and they yeah, I think it's raced. exactly like that. But really, I think, I think exactly Valtteri like was just trying to ensure that he got DRS because in that race, Valtteri was looking after his own to make sure that Leclerc didn't pass him from behind. Um, yeah. And this time, you know, Lewis was still hoping out that he would still have find some kind of pace or performance, and Lando wouldn't be able to overtake him. But I think, Shion, to your original question, I think that's what happens in team dynamics when you have one driver on 120 points and one driver on 50 points. Like, quite frankly, Valtteri is not actually in the championship battle. And Lewis Hamilton is Mercedes' man. Let's be real. I have, I have a lot of respect for Valtteri Bottas. I think he's done a phenomenal job in realistically being a number two driver and ensuring Mercedes get the constructors championships and he doesn't crash into Lewis. So I think he's done a fantastic job, but Mercedes are realistically looking to get Lewis that eighth title because he is in this fight. He's very much up there at this time. It is a two horse race. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I think this kind of feeds into a little bit of the, the chatter around, who is Mercedes going to go with in the future? You know, we're we're seeing Botas being cemented. There's different there's different ways we're kind of getting confirmation that you know, whereas we see Botas's perspective, which is I want to be competing with Lewis. Like I I am just as good as him. I'm going to try to get as many points as I can, um, which is something that I guess they let him race out at the beginning of the season to a little bit of a of a shift where it's like all right, like know your place in the team. Like you are here mostly to make sure that we can win the constructors championship. Um, that kind of shift in, in, I guess, like the the tone with the team is um, is interesting, I think, and it kind of speaks to that, that whole George Russell thing and, and who's going to be signing on next. Well, put your money where your mouth is. What what you reckon? What are you saying? George yeah, I think Valtteri. it's George. I think it's George. You think pen to paper? It's been signed? The ting's been done? Yeah, it's going to be that Sergio Perez thing. You know, two races ago, beginning of Austria, it's already been done. Sergio, I mean... They, they kind of cemented the deal in like Abu Dhabi for, for Sergio. Yeah. So what, what do you mean? Dhabi. You think they're going to announce it like super late, but no, it's done. Yeah, yeah I think it's going to be done, and it's just going to be like kept kind of in the back for a little bit. I think I think George is also has like a kind of a beautiful story going with Williams right now, where he's he's actually getting the most out of that car. Like he will get points out of that car this year, um, and objectively, I think that's the best that the Williams is going to be able to do. Um, so. It's it's like a perfect kind of you know up up the chain for Williams and and then also Georgia's story just keeps like catapulting into the next stage which it's you know we've been needing for a while. For for me, I think what it is is the regulation change. They why would they commit Valtteri? Lewis is you know he's two years in. Would are they if they commit to one of these drivers, they're going to have to commit for two years because. They can't just base it off 2022 alone because the cars are going to be so different. It's going to be a very different um, kind of era of racing, hopefully. So they have to give the driver two years to get used to these cars. 
Now, do Valtteri's performances guarantee him two-year deal in this team, especially with Red Bull looking this competitive? Or do Mercedes bring up a young gun who can they, they can then mold into a long-term kind of commitment? Exactly. It, and that has to be Toto's thinking, right? Like, he can't be yeah. thinking, like, he wants Russell to push Lewis and Lewis to push Russell, but he's also thinking George has that talent to be my champion in the future. Yeah. He's going to be mentored by a five-year plan. Exactly. He's going to have that five-year plan. He's a businessman. He knows what's coming up next. He's thinking, he's thinking, he's thinking. Uh, Having those two years where George can learn from Lewis, compete with Lewis, also get Mercedes some, you know, some good championships, maybe some good points over the next two years. I won't say uh, championships Um, to the point that he can mold another Lewis Hamilton, another just, you know, uh, the, the face of Mercedes, I think makes the most sense. And I, I, I don't Pierre on naturally. <laughs> and I don't think it's, it's a, I mean, okay. I, I don't think it's as massive a loss for Valtteri as, as maybe it's seeming a seat to like people are thinking, like, I assume they'll, they'll do a switcheroo because like Valtteri would be They're a great pickup for Williams, but the Williams is getting quicker. And in 2022 with the cars changing, maybe it'll be slightly more competitive. Also Valtteri will be the, you know, the de facto one of that team. Um, he'll be that team leader, try and nurture Latifi at all if he can um, and bring a lot of experience. And who knows if that Williams could be competitive in like three years. You never know. It could be, a, yeah, dude, the story that he started it, but yeah, back in the midfield. He comes back and then and he, he brings Williams back to glory. Dude. I it would love be electric. that. About, it would the Valtteri Bottas story. Yeah. That would be a movie. Like the that would be tale. Rush 2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Between him and George? Oh my, that would actually be crazy. Rush um, to the rise of the cheeks. <laughs> great scene, great scene. But there's always Lando Norris as well, who's gonna, you know, what Lando, Lando George for long term in that in that Mercedes. I mean, he just I, I signed mean, a wow, long wow. contract with McLaren. I, I mean, so I'm also hoping McLaren's also gonna win championships at some point too. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's to say they're not? You know, they're a fresh team. They've been just making their way up the 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 constructors. There's a lot of potential there. They look like a solid third, like third place for the constructors right now. And Lando, oh, yeah. you know, he's he's got bronze in the championship for driver at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no there's no two ways about it. Lando is carrying that team versus Leclerc and Signs are pulling out yeah. Sunday wonders in that Ferrari. <laughs> So Daniel Ricardo and he's able, ha- he's has able to, to work it out. Them. He's able to outperform them despite not having a teammate there to help, right? Which, to which I think speaks volumes for, for the long term. Yeah, for the constructors fight. and for him, right? Because because if Dan if Danny Rick's up there, like he he showed at least in Austria that he can keep up with the top two cars. Like he can stay within range and well, not max when there's no one around him, but he can stay within range of at least the Mercedes. Agreed. Agreed. That's why I'm saying he's gonna split those mercs, bro. <laughs> I mean, like, what for what why do Lando leave? There's no reason for him to leave, right? He just gets better and better and better. Yeah. And now he's like, if I was looking at some some charts and they said basically if he didn't have that five uh, five second penalty, like he would have finished second, no questions asked. And I mean, uh, I th- think about it from like his point of view too, right? Like if if he does go to a Red Bull or a Mercedes, he has to do two things. One, relearn a car. And two, rewin the trust of his team. Whereas mm-hmm. at McLaren, he's he's having the car. I'm not going to say it's built for him, 
but he has won the trust of the team to the point where he has a say and a seat at the table to dictate the future of that team mm-hmm. and build the car in a way that suits his style. Right? He's an incredibly mature guy, so I feel like he he's ready to take on that role. Exactly, and and that's what like it like screamed to me that he wants to stay because he signed this contract so early in the season. He'd even try to shop around. It doesn't look like. I don't know if Zach Brown's just like Brad pricks him into, <laughs> like, he, like he cast a spell or something, but I don't know. Well, we all know the last McLaren champion was Lewis Hamilton and a young, young gun Brit coming through the ranks of McLaren with a Mercedes engine wins a championship. We're kind of being electric story, yeah. especially after that radio message. Yeah. Especially after that Lando, great driver, whatever it was. Such a great driver, Lando. You know, it'd be kind that of was poetic. Pretty heartwarming. Yeah. That, that could be the, the nurturing story we're all looking for. It would, it'll be George versus Lewis, but Lewis's, you know, kind of kind of brings up Lando. I think we'll have to talk about bets. The most important part of a Formula One weekend. Yeah. And what we want to do. Because well, it's- we have finally, we're on a hot streak here. Max, uh, Max <laughs> pull, pull and win hit in uh austria and the max win hit in styria so Dude, at this pace we're going to be funding our next visit to the, the formula one we're, exactly. we're going to be going to monaco in two in, in two years time five dollars at a time just with those, those small <laughs> odds just slowly building up a, a little a little gofundme pot <laughs> um no but what are you thinking what are you thinking for friday quali uh friday quality let's see well so what's the format going to be with practice are we going to have three practices or or is it just like one practice there's one practice friday morning before quality then there's one practice before the sprint race on saturday so two practices one qualifying one sprint race one race wow so qualifying and, and the sprint race on the same day no so friday is practice then qualifying oh wow then Saturday is practice, then sprint race. Wow, we really have nothing to go off of then, huh? Just the one practice session. Just the one practice session. To, to learn about these Mercedes upgrades. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be a risky one. Uh, I mean, we got we to gotta, we gotta hope that for, for Rush 2's purpose, we got to hope that, that Mercedes can bring it back, right? I, I think may our bets make it come to fruition yes all right i'd, I'd be down for uh for looking into uh the hamilton to the place pretty well hamilton top maybe two. another q3 for george russell oh my god yes absolutely not q3 for george russell on look the day the that it's announced he's going that. to merc <laughs> electric the they just put the they pretty much just like take a mercedes and painted the williams colors I thought they're gonna do on the day they announce him. What What are you thinking for for Sunday? I think we should start doing some of these head to heads, you know, for the teammates because I think Lando Norris is pretty much a lot to beat Daniel Ricciardo. 
Yeah, but those odds must be insane. It would be cool to uh, to take a look at the Ferrari ones because that'll be a pretty competitive one. It has it has um, been a very close. You know, you know. I think. Did you know that Carlos Sainz has never won a driver of the day? In his whole career, or just at Ferrari? No, in his whole career. And he's been putting on some performances at Ferrari. He at McLaren too. Remember that P twenty to P three in Brazil. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That yeah. was electric. He. Can you can you bet on driver of the day? I don't think so. Ah. Uh, <laughs> but is it going to be Carlos Sainz? I hope so. We got to see that at some point this season. I think he's also one of those criminally underrated drivers. You know, like people took the Ferrari seat as uh, by surprise. Um, everyone didn't really ch- give him a chance against Leclerc, um, and and it was really. I was probably guilty of this as well, but it was Lando Norris's comments last race when they were asking him about his relationship with Daniel Ricciardo that he finally, you know, he mentioned like people are now understanding what a great driver Carlos was because of the performances he was putting in with McLaren. But it's yeah. so true. And he's, I mean, go ahead. It's, it's kind of a tough position for him to be in, right? Because he switched over to Ferrari at a point and that kind of hyped him up. Like his hype train was going upwards. Um, and then he gets to Ferrari. The team is is struggling, not doing the best, um, and he's still getting the most out of the car, staying as competitive with Charles. Um, but you know they didn't have that that we don't have that period of time where we see Charles with the the suspicious Ferrari engine performing really well, and then you know we can get emotionally connected to him. We just see Carlos go from the team to the hell of Ferrari, a lot of hype, not really the ability to kind of you know podium or, or win races that often. Um, so he's in a tough position. I think once Ferrari gets their stuff together, we're going to see a lot more out of Carlos. He's already been doing great. He definitely has been. I would love to see him in a more competitive Ferrari to be fighting for more podiums and, and wins. Um, but you know, if that car gets to that point, then, you know, Leclerc is going to be right up there as well. So I think it's, I think that's a damn good, uh, teammate battle right there. Um, what are some of the eyes on that one? Or some of the teams that we haven't really covered. We we discussed Alpine. Um Alphatori maybe a little bit. Yuki making some critical mistakes. Yuki's Yeah, really just, just like, like really poor mistakes though. The the two pit entry. <laughs> twice. I mean twice is gonna be so oh my god. Dr. Marco is just gonna be ripping him a new asshole. Or, yeah. The so the Alpha Tauri boss came out with an article or like an interview saying uh Yuki is the kind of will need three years to develop as a formula one driver who gets three years in formula one Rarely. Daniel yeah. you, you get five to ten races to just really like know the car and, and actually compete for your team three years leeway bring back marcus erickson bring back uh, uh albon yeah i mean i i still think daniel Kvyat was kind of disrespected he was a pretty good driver but some of their youngsters there's the one yuri vips who's doing quite well in in formula two um guan yu Zhao, who's part of the alpine setup though um he's a renault youngster he's leading the f2 leadership right now a championship uh great young driver but you know mahar has to go with they'll they're gonna bring in jahan daruvala and there's gonna be an indian flag on the formula one grid <laughs> <laughs> Bro, imagine, imagine the podium of Jahan got up there, and there's this Adina uh, <laughs> starts playing. Like, I would, I would cry. I would actually lose it. I would lose it completely. 
I would actually be, be marching up and down the streets of, of Southern California. I would buy an Indian <laughs> flag during the races. Yeah. They would have to bring back Force India and a, and a Delhi Grand Prix. <laughs> no, it would be incredible. But no, I mean, Yuki has good race craft and good race pace. He just, I don't know if he's like so small, he can't see. I, you can already see so <laughs> little. You can already see so little outside out of a Formula One car. Like, they're always talking about how little you can see. Like, you don't actually know where you line up on the grid. You have to use certain yeah. markers around you to understand. And my, my, honest, my honest theory is that he didn't see the white lines where that enter the pit entry because he's so oh, much Yuki, smaller. Bro. Yuki the midget just can't see over the steering wheel. We got to get him a booster seat. Uh, they may have to, they have to do something. Um, <laughs> but no. I mean, he, have you seen how high Charles sits in the car? Charles's head is almost like halfway outside of the halo. I feel like if they if they need to, if that's the problem, we'll see if he's head popping out a little bit more. It's like when uh, you used to get haircuts back in the day, they used to give you a little booster seat to sit on because <laughs> uh, they couldn't pump it up enough. So, well, yeah, I mean, just I still still loving Pierre Gasly. Just think he, he's just so, so good. I, I really wish there was just more. Time, right? I, yeah, I just wish there were more and more competitive cars to just, you know, continuously see podium battles between these guys. Next season, man. I mean, that's what the, the regulations are for, right? The regulations are trying to get us to see some more competitive, some more competitive races, whether that's midfield or whether that's actually for the championship. Um, you know, I feel like it's going to be hard to do that for the championship when it's a small team like Alpha Tower that's always competing with its older brother and Red Bull. And then, you know, this, this conglomerate Mercedes. But uh, to see some more intense midfield battles, I think, you know, some, some more bunched up midfield battles, that's what we'll see. That's where he'll shine. Honestly, you got a little bit of that in Austria, right? With these DRS trains yeah. where no one could overtake anyone because everyone <laughs> had DRS one after the next. Um, it, There's so many DRS zones. Yeah, Austria is a pretty funny circuit, actually. <laughs> um, I think I think I understand there's a bunch of straights, but I think there should they should limit it to, to two DRS zones. Yeah, instead race. of a one, two, three, which is that's tough. Yeah. I think that's a lot um, because you get these kind of DRS trains and then it also becomes difficult for like blue flag situations. I imagine. Do you think they should, in terms of track circuit changes we're talking about, do you think they should change the, uh, at turn, what was it? Turn five or turn, or maybe it was turn four, um, change it from gravel to, to, to like road. So you don't have the same kind of situations that we were seeing with Perez no matter and, what and Charles, they're going to complain these guys. They should yeah. make it all barriers. So if there's a mistake, you're out. I mean, like you see at city circuits, right? Like they're, they're conservative. Yep. They're careful. They're smart. It's what Julian Palmer always says in his analyses. He's like, yeah. well, if that, that's always the point, right? You make that error at Monaco. Oh, you went wide. You make, you do that in Monaco. You're um, out. Yeah. So Yeah. I mean, I mean, talking about that, then did you think Lando Norris's penalty was a penalty, you know, and then by extension, Checo. Lando's, for instance. So that one was an interesting one to me because I, I watched many times the replay. And in my opinion, even though Sergio braked later and was in front of Lando before the turn, throughout the turn, it became Lando's turn. And at the point where they were side by side or even Lando was ahead, um, it was his corner. So in my opinion, at least it was his corner. So uh, Sergio knew what was going to happen. He knew there was gravel there. Um, so, uh, and you also heard what Christian Horner said. He was like, I just think that's a racing incident. That's just how it is. Yeah. So it was a surprise to me after all of that, seeing that they added on a five-second penalty. And then that just set the precedent, right? Like, anytime you, you push someone off, 
you're getting a, set, a penalty. For sure. And I don't know if you watched the Julian Palmer analysis, but he, he was saying it was like the first time in two years this uh, pushing someone off the track uh, you know, rule has been applied. And then obviously, mm-hmm. like you said, once the stewards did it once, they, they established a protocol right. and they had to assign it every time. But, but mm-hmm. Checos were a bit more sus. Um, he got a little bit of oversteer I, and did push Charles off. Checos' second one, yeah, where, where you saw him like literally counter steering. With the, yeah. Uh, like there, that was just like a, a poor, yeah, that was just poorly done there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. The Lando's one was so iffy for me. I mean, mm-hmm. consistency is, is good and key, but you know, you know what we all think about terrible rules. Yeah. And what we take away from that though is is like Lando gets told he has a five second penalty. He's like, well, what happened at you know on lap one? All right, whatever, man. Like, what did he expect? And then he just continues to race. For me, that was another big up. I was like, all right, Lando, let's go. Yeah, I mean, what else was he gonna do though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he could. Yeah, he could have complained a bunch he- more, but like, I think them and the team. He's his third season in Formula One. They've been through this, and they they know like. Lando, get your head down. Get on with it. Yeah, I'm not going to speak to you. Just get on. Yep. Yeah, and we see it time and time again. Max Verstappen used to collect five second penalties like no other in his younger <laughs> days. Yeah. Do they get penalty points for that or no? Lando has like 11 and is 12 when you get a brace penalty or something. I think he went up to 10 and then he get then at Silverstone he gets dropped down to eight again. Yeah, yeah. So, so I have no idea how penalty points. He's getting close. Yeah, he's only his third season. He's all the way up there. Like, even <laughs> isn't up there. All right. Any, I mean, Haas is not really worth talking about. We touched on Giovinazzi, Italian Jesus a bit earlier. Mm-hmm. We didn't really touch on uh, racing, or not racing point, Aston Martin. Um, you know, the, the up and down. Uh, they have good the strides. Kimi, Vettel. Or was it Kimmy Vettel? No, Alonso. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Kimmy Vettel, right? Yeah. Kimmy Vettel. Uh, that was just so silly. That was just so it's just disappointing to see that out of two of the most seasoned racers on the grid. It's, uh, you know, while that incident was stupid, I, I wonder, are Alpha Romeo starting to think more seriously about Calamilo next year? I hope so, man. So there, he's he's been doing a lot of the post race interviews and things like that. I don't know. If yeah, you've seen I think it, he does like, great. I love those. He's Will incredible. Buxton. Like yeah, I, I love, love all his... of them. I love Fittipaldi on them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so good. So I mean, he's just just been I think like being around the F one circuit like that, talking to the drivers, understanding what's going on, just mentally like you know going through each race and then kind of breaking it down. He's preparing himself to be in that kind of a position, which I think is it's a, it's a great way to get exposed to the sport. Um, to the highest level of the sport. Uh, so if they're really thinking about it, you know, is it going to be Kimi that goes? I don't know. Is it going to be, I don't know if it's going to be Giovinazzi because he's actually been doing pretty well. So a I tough mean, decision to make. It, it would be tough to for him to replace Giovinazzi because it just wouldn't make sense. Like Giovinazzi has been doing better. Yes, he can still yeah. try and... Younger. The, the, the driver's goal is always to outperform the performance of the car. And I feel like Giovinazzi has just been getting the bare minimum of, of, of that. Like he's, he's really mm-hmm. just been pretty average with the car, not really outperforming it versus Kimi has been significantly underperforming it. Um, sure. I just wonder if age is catching up with him and, and f- with regulation change, I, I can't see the grid really changing between 22 and 23. 
with one year mm-hmm. under their belt for that car. So yeah. I, I think I would love to see Callum Law. I think he was a great driver in F2, the one race that I watched when Mick won the title. <laughs> Callum, he's a, he's a great driver. So it'd be, it'd be cool to see him in, in Formula 1. Yeah. And We'll hold I mean, out for him. Kimmy's been around the block. I, I, I wouldn't particularly really care if he, this was his last season. I mean, he, he doesn't really seem to have any fire anymore, right? Like, he's just there. He, he's still a good driver. And he's just, like, whether it's him funding his alcoholism or, like, whatever he's doing or just, like, bored. So he wants to just race at the, the pinnacle of motorsport. I mean, regardless, he's going to go down as, like, the Iceman. Like, just one of, like, the, the most like, oh, badass um, people to go through Formula 1. I mean, still the last Ferrari champion on the grid or in history yeah. right now, you know, so massive. Yeah. No, it's nothing to speak on Kimi as a driver. It's just maybe it's that time. So you never know. Yeah. I, I do think, um, did you watch like that F1 video where they were going through e- t- like each other's stats, the teammates? and the yeah. 99. 99. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a great banter though. Can't, can't yeah. deny that. So funny. Oh my gosh. He's great, and all of his all of his uh, his press interviews were, yo, can you take your sunglasses off, Jimmy? No, uh, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> He's great. He's a character. Um, yes. But yeah. But yeah, it's I think been, trying to think of any of other teams. I think that's pretty much it, right? I think I think it's been a pretty solid roundup, round down, mm-hmm. shakedown, discussion, everything. Banter sesh, yes, sir. I just very much look forward to this new format this weekend at such a historic It'll venue. It'll be interesting too. to see. I think for us, uh, our next recap will be interesting. We'll learn a lot. There'll be a lot of new, you know, fresh conversation on the table. Looking forward to it. Agreed. Agreed. Ladies and, and to gentlemen. The fans, we apologize. Uh, Karun had to pop off. He has to go, uh, you know, respond to, to Dr. Google. So he had to uh, take care of some business. Everyone's here for us, though, Cheyenne, so it's all good. That's true. Yeah. We're both. To the SWS fans. I'm Natalie Pinkham of this podcast, and you are Natalie Pinkham of this podcast. <laughs> That's what the fans are here for. <laughs> everybody, everybody listening to this, all three of our fans, we appreciate you very much. And we look forward to bringing you more content, especially with the, uh, the summer break around the corner. Got some, some special additions up for you. Special shout out to Gus. Great last guest. Hoping to have him on at some point soon. We'll be we'll be on there.